0: You're listening to Christina's Room Podcast, a place where startup founders, entrepreneurs and executives can find inspiration from me and other founders to grow awesome businesses and fulfill their dreams. My name's Christina Imre and I coach VC-backed startup founders and mission-oriented leaders drive in business and life. Hello, hello, and welcome to a new episode of Christina's Room Business Podcast. And today we have a very interesting guest. He is a very, very important piece, especially for a startup, tech startup, or where we have non-technical founders, because today's guest is Eddie Irvin, and he is an app architect. I'm very happy to have you on my show, Eddie.
1: So glad to be here. Thank you so much,
0: Christina. And what we will talk today, it will be also very revealing to me because I want to understand exactly your functions and how people can utilize people like you, especially that I was a non-technical founder in an AI company. And so I can understand also the, the views from if you have a CTO, you don't have a CTO. So let's just start here. Where do you find yourself the most useful?
1: That's a great question. Thank you. So ultimately, where i find i'm the most helpful is when founders come to me with this vision they have this idea they know they have it through and through in their mind but they haven't really gotten it out into technical documentation into a solid plan that the developers can build and so ultimately what i do with them is spend a lot of time helping them get the vision out, pulling the vision out, asking lots of good questions to clarify, and also helping figure out what road is better, you know, this road or that road for all those little decisions that, you know, can go into building a big product. And so helping them really just get clear, extremely clear and in writing what it is that they want to build so that then when they go into development, um, they can get also get quotes from lots of different teams easily because they've got this document that says exactly what they need. But then when they get it built, they're not going around in circles of the developer playing an expensive game of of telephone. You know, oh, that wasn't what I wanted. Can you build it differently? Oh, that's not what I meant. Can you build it again? Uh, we avoid all that by being just super clear from the from the beginning.
0: So it's perfect to have you at the beginning of a process. Let's say a startup has an idea. It's a tech startup, and maybe there are two co-founders. And I'm curious, even if one of them is a CTO, it's a technical founder, and the other is not, it's still a good idea to have a discussion with you. And if yes, why?
1: That's a great question, too. So I would I would say that most often the main people that I'm helping are non-technical and they typically don't have a CTO. Now there is some, there is some kind of an extra layer that I help with and that's a marketing layer. So I spent a few years, you know, really digging in and understanding marketing and, and, and uh, helping people set up uh, systems to be able to bring consistently, bring people over from social media into their, you know, to sign up for the thing or to book a call or whatever it is. And so I learned the whole flow for, how to get attention consistently with ads. And so the idea is that it's not just a technical problem that people have when they're trying to first build something, even though that can feel all encompassing. How are we gonna get this thing to work? And it's so technical and there's all these details, but really what happens once you get past that and let's say the thing works, it works great, you're so proud of it, Now you've got a people problem. So now it's okay. Well, where are the people? How are the people going to be flowing into this thing? And really, ultimately, that kind of discussion needs to happen right at the very beginning. There's been too many stories and too many people that have gone through and spent a lot of money to build something only to realize later that, Maybe those people over there don't really want it or it's not the right thing or maybe it's too costly to be able to, to, uh, to bring them into uh, the system. So by taking a look at that stuff from the beginning, it's more of like a business development layer that we talk about and really getting clear about, you know, where's the money coming in and how is this all going to work so that once you get it built that you could actually have success and it's not you're not realizing later too late that you actually built the wrong thing. So, you know, more often than not, if people already have a CTO, typically they've got the technical thing, you know, all set or mostly set and they're happy to move forward, but the extra thing that I love to do on top is to really have that business discussion and the marketing discussion so that they don't uh run that risk later of of actually, you know, having built the wrong thing.
0: I was thinking about this because you know, even if you have a CTO, especially if you're a one, to- one first-time founder, And I love, by the way, your storytelling skills. This just uh, helps a lot with my audience and to understand what you're doing and those who are wondering what to do with apps. So my question came from CTOs who are technical, but also they don't have a startup experience. In the meantime, you are an architect who worked with so many startups, so you do have that kind of background where you saw that this kind of blueprint, creating this kind of app can be very costly. It doesn't uh, serve as much the the right type of investing from the company at this stage with that level of money, or that bringing in teams from outside is a better solution than just growing someone inside, or getting a developer inside is much better than just hiring outsourcing your initial development efforts. So that's why I was asking, maybe here you could be more like a expert consultant next to the CTO to just uh, bring more efficiency, around their planning and ideas for
1: the next 12 months. Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking, I'm just realizing, you know, everybody's got their own skill set and that comes from all of their their experiences and, and the way that their brain works ultimately and the type of information that they pay attention to. Right. So the idea of, you know, a CTO, certainly there's going to be a lot of overlap from one cto to another but they're all going to have their own specific experiences or their ways of thinking about things and i think that one one main thing that that a cto may not have or you know certain people as as we're all different um that i that i do or that, that kind of separates me is that i am i'm, I'm so detail oriented in looking for miscommunication and trying to figure out and kind of look ahead for what could, what could go wrong or what could be miscommunicated. So the idea is that as you are heading into development, you are kind of transfer this idea of what you want into somebody else's mind, the developer's mind, at which point then they actually start typing it out or organizing it, right? So if you can get that vision across to them as, as well as you possibly can, then they're going to be able to be good to take it from there. But that main connection from you just telling them what it is that needs to be done, there are so many ways that that can go wrong. And ultimately, I find that the, I mean, the main reason why I started this business is mostly because of miscommunication that people, you know, they'll, they'll initially ask for something or want something because they have a feeling, oh, this is the re- direction we should be going. But then when we really start fleshing it out, there's a problem here, or this thing doesn't fit, and it's really like putting a puzzle together, where you know trying to understand and take all of the founder's pieces, but then make it make sense into something that the developer can build. Uh, you know, takes a skill not only of just technical organization or overseeing a tech team. In some cases, the founder themselves, uh, you know, has has certain things that they're thinking about or not thinking about that are preventing them. Uh, from moving forward. So to give you a small small insight here, the idea is that we all have mindset issues. As business owners, there's always certain ways that we think about the world that prevent us from success or that limit our success. And I'm working on my own mindset issues and working through my own mindset issues, I can now spot when other founders are dealing with the same sort of thing. And so I'm speaking into not only the, you know, hey, this is how it technically needs to be built, but if they've got to make a decision and they're being too perfectionistic or doing other things that are that are slowing growth. I'm able to speak into that as well. So it's not just a technical discussion, although that's a huge part of it. There's these other pieces about mindset and and where they could be holding themselves back or the marketing stuff and business development stuff. um, That really helps make it kind of a more well rounded product. So when you get to the when you get to the end, you've thought about that stuff and you're not discovering those big problems uh, too far down the road.
0: You are a great advocate for what I preach preached for a long time, you know, about remote communication, especially that uh, I helped and um, I created and uh, also was the basics to create systems around remote work for companies for around 12 years now. And Mm -hmm. over-communication in a remote setting is so, so important. And what I've noticed from what you said is this focus on communication and uh, what can happen if you miscommunicate. And most uh, CTOs are very technical type of personalities. You do have both, and this can be an extra advantage for you to translate technical, but also have that people-centric approach Because you are talking like a coach (laughs) and I'm a coach and I can notice this kind of thing. Coaches are just to diminish the time spent to get to your goal. Your goal could be reached in 10 years. But if you have Mm. a right helper who sees things you don't see anymore from your own fixed mindset or blocked with your own vision, then you can just simplify things and have it all in one year or less if you do have those kind of helpers next to you. Yeah. And this is what I've noticed. So this could be something extra. Do you take a uh, fractional CTO roles as well?
1: Yes. Yeah. So one, once we get past the planning part and the you know the dev team is onboarded, uh, sometimes the founder you know wants help to be able to, you know, connect with the dev team ultimately and interact with the dev team. Um, sometimes just checking up and making sure we're on the right track. Sometimes I'm acting as a developer translator. So the developer comes with you know specific questions or how should we do this or that and then I'll, I'll basically try to you know bring that decision back to the founder. Uh, certainly I can make decisions by myself, of course, and, and people do need to, to be able to move forward in that regard as well. But what I find is that the founder really appreciates sometimes really starting to understand what's going on. Not everything, because they have to focus on other things, but being able to bring some decisions and saying, hey, if you go this road, here's what it means for you, here's where you're gonna be limited. And if you go this way, yeah, it'll be more expensive, but then you'll be able to do this, this, and this. And then they've got handles to be able to understand, like oh i could go i could do this or i could do that and they can at least speak into it as much as they want at which point maybe some of them will say you know i'm good just make the best decision you're set or i really want to do that because that's important to me to have that ready for version 2 or whatever it is so it's not just the you know interacting with the developer team you know i'm not a project manager where i'm just doing that internal work the idea is to bridge the gap because like you said you know it's there's so much miscommunication that goes between and and especially with, with developers, sometimes it's harder to be social. For some reason, people that are very, very good with code, they they tend to be less social and tend to, to not be as good to explain these technical concepts because it makes so much sense to them, but then they don't realize that it doesn't make sense to the other person. So I really try to, to make sure that if the founder wants to understand that they can understand, and, and bring, bring a better kind of connection in the communication from the technical to the non-technical.
0: So you're not just an app architect, but you're also a tech translator.
1: <laughs> yep, developer translator. Yep.
0: Yeah. And you have this marketing in mind. So having that marketing spectrum where we want to be in six months, 12 months, it helps you to focus on maybe development uh, issues that can go wrong if you do have these time specs And developers are usually very focused on just uh, bringing a feature, let's say.
1: Right, exactly. So if you want to imagine, it's like taking a plane off the ground. And if you make the plane super, super, super heavy, it's going to be a lot harder to get off the ground. It's going to need a lot longer runway, a lot more gas. And so when you're building a project, every founder has their own vision for how fast they want to get it done, what's important now versus later, things like that. And by, by, you know, first... We typically go through kind of two main phases at the beginning. One is this expansion of, hey, we could do all these ideas. It's like a buffet where, oh, there's so many different things we could do. But then time to get back to reality. Let's try to narrow that focus and make sure that we're only building what matters right now while still making sure that we leave the door open for those features in the future so it's not just hey let's get all this information down and then pass it on to the developer and they can build whatever you know whatever we hire them for the idea is to be strategic in yeah you can build 35 different features but maybe five or seven are the most important and can't be taken out and maybe five more are important for now but then everything else can just go on the shelf for later so that you get to market faster so we do have those discussions as well where you know as we get the ideas down and on paper you know now we can start really parsing them out and figuring out what makes business sense for now what makes strategy sense uh, for now and then the right thing gets built uh, at the very beginning
0: what's the best stage to bring you in to the business
1: that's a great question so people come to me with varying levels of uh uh, you know of of whatever wherever they're starting so some people will come to me with just an idea they'll have fleshed it out for a little while but they won't really have a ton Um, other people will come to me with you know a year's worth of research and they've been spending so much time thinking about this idea and then other people still will come to me with an app that they've already built but it needs to be updated and expanded, right? Businesses that have already developed software and it's working, it's helpful to them, but it's not everything that it could be. And they know that they're losing profit. They wanna gain more profit by updating and expanding their software. So all the way from, you know, I've got nothing, I don't even have a business yet with cash flow, all the way to cash flowing business with software where we've already built version one and we wanna build version two. um, I find that it's, it's a really kind of a wide spectrum of where i can help and typically it's always just that foundational layer of you know hey where are we today and then what does success look like to you when we first start it's all about getting very clear on where's the finish line because it's all too easy to just have conversations and think about this or think about that but ultimately where are we going what's the point of engaging in the first place so having that uh, foundational understanding at the very beginning whether you're starting from scratch or whether you're trying to update a software Um, is extremely beneficial and then we know really what we're aiming for regardless of what they come in with
0: you do have uh, comprehensive expertise you do websites for 20 years and apps for over 10 right yeah so i believe that you do have some case studies here about how much money or time you can save for a founder to to work with you instead of just trial and error yeah, yeah. so the, the the best story that I've got there
1: and the most recent too is, is a company where they are already cash flowing, they they already built version one of their software and it's really extensive already, but they've got plans for how they can grow and fix from there. And ultimately before I even signed on uh, the client, we were talking about how much money they could save if the software was updated. And, and really what we came down to is, hey, if we could update this software, add some functionality and automate some things, we could save six figures a year for this company. So in terms like that, where the company's already running their you know multi-million dollar company a year, but they're using software that's not quite up to par, they could potentially save, you know, six figures from redoing certain things, from coming up with better processes and automating certain things that are taking people hours a day. Um, so in that case, you know, over 10 years, that's, that's you know, seven figures saved uh, just from updating software.
0: Okay. And you are also serving different kinds of professionals, just switching yeah. gears a bit because uh, we can create a case study here with me as a coach. I, I saw, and you you mentioned that you're working also with startups, but also with professionals and also coaches. And today there is a trend and I'm thinking about uh, creating an app for my coaching services, right? Cool. And there are other coaches who are doing this as well. But it's also, I think that it could help the founders who are listening to today, because they can see a little bit the process. If a founder, a non-technical founder wants to start a company, has an idea about the product, doesn't know if it's good to hire someone or just outsource brings you into the picture you create this blueprint right and Mm -hmm. then it will be much more wiser and effective to for the next steps than just without you let's say and translate this in a way that it can be applicable for uh, startup uh, founders as well but what would you do with me if i would want to have my own app as a coach (laughs)
1: sure and i first of all i love this exercise this is fun and it'll be it'll be fun to see you know what questions come out of this for you and and, you know how this helps you kind of think about it but in terms of you know, in your place where you want a specific app, you know, just for your own business, there's so many different directions to go now, right? So the most expensive direction would be everything custom, every every single part of it custom, starting from a blank page to just designing out all the pages, all the UI, all the functionality, and then all custom coded with developers actually typing, you know, in all these different files. That would be the most expensive way that you could go, but then you'd have the most flexibility because you're making you know, something from nothing, you're able to control how that is. And then if you go to the complete opposite side of the spectrum, there's people that have already built coaching You could apps. add
0: some numbers also into the equation
1: just for coaches sure. or to know. Well, I mean, absolutely a custom app, you know, six figures for sure. Um, certainly not reaching the seven figures you, you could absolutely get it done for five figures, and in some cases you could get a custom coded app for under five figures although it 's difficult if you don 't know what you 're doing if you 're non technical because you have to depend on so many other people to be able to get it done but yeah, you know custom coded app let 's say let 's say five figures at least. And then reaching up into six figures, depending on how big you needed it to be. You know, certainly if you only needed a few tabs and it wasn't gonna be this very expansive, you know, enterprise-level software, then you know, five figures, probably low five figures, you could get it done and it'd be fine. Um, and then on the other side of the spectrum, if you want to go, you know, the, the cheapest, kind of fastest way you could get in the game is that people have already created coaching apps, right? So this idea, this kind of, this, uh, I, I don't exactly know all of your, uh, you know, what you're aiming for. And certainly, you know, I'd love to know more about exactly kind of what you're looking for. But, but if you can find some pre-built app solution that allows you to white label, then that means with, you know, a monthly payment, maybe of 50 bucks, 100 bucks, you snap your fingers and you've got an app that now has your name on it right so these two totally different sides Uh certainly the problem over here is if you pay somebody else you know a monthly figure for something that they've they've already built if you want it to be different if you want to add a little bit of something here you want to change that flow or whatever else it is you may not be able to they may not allow you to do that right so over here we're more limited but it's much cheaper to get in the game whereas you can have everything custom but then it's super expensive so could you tell me for instance you know what do you need this app to do? Is this going to have tons of different things going back and forth and you're sending files and this and that? Is it for people to be able to book time with you? Is it for easier communication with you? Or what's the what's the main bullseye of the reason why you want to build this app?
0: Yeah, good question. I want to simplify everything. So now I'm on a mission to bring as much clarity in simple steps, forms, and having gains in day one. And this is the way I work now. So if I would do an app, I think that I would focus on having a very easy, simple experience where I focus on doing the job. I mean, we have assignments for different kinds of reasons that is personal based on my client needs and issues. So I would want to personalize assignments to create a track record in that app. And uh, to have weekly, daily assignments, depends, and also some tips and tricks and some videos, uh, helper videos, and also chat for communication inside the app. And maybe a group feature uh, where there is a possibility to communicate uh, other members between each other, but also just just as a community feature, let's say. Got it. Okay, so so kind of going
1: along those same lines of you know two sides again, where the one side you just kind of dream it up and it could be exactly what you wanted to dream, or the other side being you save a ton of money, but you can snap your fingers and have the functionality for pretty cheap. You know, even something when you know when you say chat and group features and you can have a community, or or even I mean even personalizing assignments and kind of having tasks and stuff like that. There are some softwares right now that would allow you to do that type of thing. Although you'd kind of be cobbling a few things together, but you could have that as, as, as a much reduced cost, um, but if you want to have some certain thing like like personalizing assignments. Um, can you clarify that more for me a little bit so you're talking about like tasks that you would then assign to them or they would assign to you.
0: I or would both. assign to them, of
1: course. <laughs> Okay, got it. So you are saying... Uh, And this
0: could be also like uh, if you need to check out the video and then once you check the video, it's submitted like it's done.
1: Yeah, yeah. A track
0: record of uh, accountability, basically
1: right 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 yeah so so in that case where you you know you need you need somebody to check out a video you're kind of assigning them one and if you also if you have a repeatable system you'd be able to say hey you know step you know step one through ten please take care of that and then we'll hop on a call or however you do that um
0: Ah, (laughs) and yes for the onboarding Uh, through onboarding the first uh, one two weeks i can create a pretty much uh, sameness in the system because there are Uh, information that will get you prepared your mind and everything and uh, we clarify your needs and uh, all the issues that we need to deal with and solve so yeah yeah. it could be a mix you know i'm thinking about open source taking open source uh and tweaking a little bit adjusting to personalize of course branding and uh, the assignment design and how it would look like to to be as simple and nice also as possible yeah uh, yeah, cut yeah. out some things, add some things like from open source, and someone to put them together. It's like a recipe, creating a very delicious uh, dish.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. My camera does that every now and again. It just shuts off. There we're back again. Um, yes, exactly. Like you said, you, you know, you just talked about open source, and that somebody's already created something close enough. But then you want to be able to take that and modify that. That would be that would be in the middle, where it's you know, you're not just buying the pre-built solution. Yeah. But you're also not just starting from scratch you're pulling and most most developers, even if they're doing custom code, they're going to be pulling from other libraries and finding certain ways to to, to save time. Um, But, you know, I I could give you an idea. I mean, even the idea of like an onboarding system where you've got certain things that they've got to check off and whatever else there are so many different ways to do this right so. you know, you could use, you could, you could even just use a spreadsheet. That'd be one simple way to get going. You could use, um, you could use Asana or one of those other systems. Um, I personally love Telegram, and I've got an uh, an app that I built into Telegram. It's like a bot that's like a, it's like a task management system for me. So I can do a lot of stuff even in that one uh, chat where I can either add new people to my email list, and that's very efficient for me. I can add a regular task, a top priority task. Um, I can do follow-up where I type, you know, 14 days and then I put, you know, what I need to follow up about and then it'll count down for me. So so, so that, I'm basically building my own app on top of Telegram's app by just kind of configuring the routing in the back end. So if you, for instance, if you wanted to do, you know, some sort of onboarding system, you could even consider um, kind of a stepped approach. So the idea is that you, you're able to reap the reward of of making it more automated while not paying the high cost to actually go through development and so what i mean by this is as you're trying to create an onboarding system and to be honest i'm actually kind of in the same spot where I, i you know there's certain things that i want my clients to do before we even meet and things like that so i'm thinking through this stuff at the very at the very basic level, at the very super simple that anybody could think of, you could literally just go into a spreadsheet, write down all the things, put a checkbox next to it, and then just share it with the person, right? So that's kind of this baseline level of just like there's a system. And for the next person, you could click make a copy and then there it is again. Now, the reason why I would even suggest doing something so simple is that by going through the act of creating the thing, you actually make the thing better because you refine it. It's not perfect the first time you do it, and it's also not perfect the second time you do it. But once you get maybe the 10th time, 15th, 20th time you go through, it's pretty solid in the way that you would drive a car over the same spot in a field again and again and again, and that rut is created. It's the same thing with software development, and so I use this process for my own software because I see how advantageous this is, that typically when I first build something, I don't build it, all the way first. It's not like I have no functionality and it doesn't work at all and I build it build I build everything and then I cut the ribbon and it's all good. I break it into pieces. So to give you an example, um, I I wanted to uh, automate a podcast creation. So I wanted to be able to just Speak into my phone and then have that just create the podcast, also create a video for it for social media. And I didn't want to be the person who would have to open up the audio software, the video software to be able to cut it up. So what I did is I connected um, a system to allow me to upload an audio file to my server. And then I created the first piece of that which would be to take that and add the front audio on top of it and then mix it down so like the like the beginning intro. So, even though there's more steps to it, I only did step one to two where I can upload something and then it adds the audio. I still had to take the audio and put it into the video software to be able to create the video for it, but then I came back later about two weeks later. I was still using the beginning part so that did save me some time didn't save me a ton of time but it saved me you know five minutes or so and then I started adding the video component where I'm able to type in the the name of the, the podcast and the description and then it brought that into a software that would make a video out of it so I didn't do it all at once I was able to use it some was automatic some was not automatic. But I was still reaping the reward from the part that was automatic and then then all those different segments, I was able to make better. So long way around. To get back to your onboarding system, if you started with a spreadsheet, just a very simple baseline spreadsheet, you start putting things in, all of a sudden you're putting in that thought work. What needs to be here? How do I organize this? Are there gonna be groups? Am I gonna color these things? Is it gonna be you know step one, two, three, and it's just very linear? Or is it gonna be a section here that they've gotta do one thing from, and a section here they've gotta do one thing from? That thought work is the creation of software. That's the main thing that needs to be done, and that's the main thing that if you spend time going over that rut again and again and again with different clients, you're gonna have an idea eight days from now, in the middle of the night, you're gonna go, oh, I could add if I did that, then it would be better. And then you add a new thing for the next client. And then a few more clients go by, you've got another idea. And so what happens is eventually you get it to a point where you're not adding anything else. It's solid, you have a solid onboarding system, it's not in software yet, but you know that you're asking the right things in the right order, you're organizing things right, you're like, this is good, I'm good with this. Then you can take that and bring that into software. So you see the idea is that keeping it out of software at the beginning, when you're trying to figure out what it is that you're actually doing is actually advantageous because you're able to iterate so fast while you're still touching it, while your brain, you've got the idea, you're the one using it again and again and again, saying, well, that's wrong, I don't like how that looks, this could be better, this could be better. Eventually you start saying, this is good, I like this, I'm good with this, then you can move that into software.
0: Is this making sense? No, this is a good point because I do have an onboarding system. Of course, I create it for others as well. Uh, Mine is pretty simple and straightforward. And my question would be exactly what you're saying because we constantly improve and we don't see it from our own perspective what would be better. How many things should I automate and how many things I should just left as they are? Because if I create a software, I would want to you have to benefit that okay we don't use too many diverse tools and then uh, my clients are very busy that we have communication through whatsapp through signal or through telegram and then we have the spreadsheets we have the google drive we have everything in place and then we have a software so if i would take out some things from the google Suite, let's say and what we have for onboarding there and put it in the software it would be easier maybe for them so my issue is not to just add some extra layer but what could I cut out from what I have and make it even simpler and clearer through an app. That's yep, my
1: yep. issue. Yeah. So the, the processing that I would go through there is basically prioritizing by the, either the amount of money it's costing you or the amount of time, right? So I'm doing that with the, with the specific client that I was talking about before that could save six figures a year. If we automated the software, if you imagine it as one very long assembly line or maybe multiple different assembly lines, there's going to be spots where, you know, the most time is wasted or the biggest money is falling out or, or maybe even just you, something you just don't want to do, right? If there's, you know, of this, of the, you know, 15 different things you've got to do, maybe there's one where you're like, I would just love to never do that again, ever again, right? So it's prioritizing. It's taking a look at all these different things that could be automated and then, and then, and then ordering them by, this is wasting the most time so you're just thinking about you know monetary benefits the business of just running more efficiently or you know this one is the most annoying for me I don't like doing this one and then you're just basically prioritizing you know your own happiness and just not having to do that one annoying task but whatever it is you start prioritizing because you don't want to do them all at once and in fact I would suggest to not do them all at once uh, but if you're going to 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 stop start kind of dipping your toes into trying to get software developed The point that I want to make here is that you don't necessarily have to build the whole big mega system in order for it to make sense or in order to make your business run more efficiently or be a little bit better that even if you could save you know 30 minutes a week, but every single week. That is a huge amount of money over a long period of time. So if you're thinking about, you know, yes, you've got all these different things all over the place. Basically, what I would be doing is parsing all those out, right? I'd be going through with you and really clarifying out, you know, okay, you know, give me a picture of all these different things you're doing. And the whole point of that, first of all, is to see these pieces on the table and then be able to ascribe either a dollar amount that you're losing every single week because of the time you're you're taking to do it or just the general annoyance factor And then from there, now you've got a prioritized list of, you know, one, two, three things, uh, maybe five at the very top of your list that are like, hey, if I'm going to fix anything, these are the things that I'm going to fix. And even by fixing just those only and leaving the rest of it, that you're still running at a higher efficiency and you're better for it, at which point then, you know, six months down the road, you say, I'll take another crack at it. You do the same sort of thing where you take a look at what it is. And maybe that whole focus, the long-term focus is to bring you into one system where you can do everything, but you don't have to do it as this one big uh, gulp. It could be this idea of even just by saving yourself 30 minutes a week. All of a sudden you're running a little bit faster as a business you're a little bit more efficient and then six months from now do you know save yourself an hour a week and eventually over time with this idea of iteration and improvement of the business you just make your machine run faster and faster and faster which really then you could take out of the business in terms of just time for yourself or more throughput more clients can come in because the onboarding instead of how, how long like for onboarding, for instance, how much time would you say that that takes you? If you're onboarding somebody new into your business, can you give me any sort of idea on like the time it takes you just for that one
0: piece of it? Yeah, one, two weeks.
1: One or two weeks. And how much time in certain, in ter- if it's okay to ask in terms of like you actually having to do certain things, like is that process, what I'm trying to say is, is that process already automated enough? that you don't need it to be automated further? Or are you still kind of investing yourself a little bit too much in that, but you're thinking, I could probably have this be more automatic.
0: Yeah, it could be a little bit, I have an assistant. So once I have a new client, uh, there are some processes that are uh, done. Basically it can be done in one day in the same day with the help of one assistant, but still uh, there could be some extra automation as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So really, you know, parsing through those different things and looking at the whole picture and then trying to prioritize, you know, that's my next target because I'm really wasting too much time here. You might also consider too, and I don't know what this is like for you, but if you're onboarding somebody and they need to send you information, certainly some time is wasted in just reaching out. Hey, can you get that to me? Or like, Hey, I need that thing. Um, And you could even have automation systems for that, where if the system can see the checkbox and knows that they're not done, then every single, you know, two days or a week or whatever it is, the system could reach out on your behalf automatically to ask for those things. So it's like, it's not even just the fact that you're spending time with onboarding. It could also be these reminders or wherever you're spending time in your business, taking a holistic look at that and breaking it down and prioritizing by where the most money is being lost or where the most time is being lost or where the most annoying tasks are that helps prioritize and move forward
0: yeah absolutely. so you are favoring tests little tests without not uh, without uh, no big changes just to see what works better for you and also to to make sure that you don't create a huge system for yourself without knowing that it, this is necessary or not. Well, let, let
1: me be clear. There's lots of different types of software that I work on, right? So in the case of, you know, a business where they've got, you know, tons of different processes and assembly lines that are trying to basically automate those things, certainly they can plan out the entire thing and this whole big mega project and, and do that whole thing. That's That's fine. You can do that. But if instead of that, You take a look at the whole big system which you do have to look at everything to kind of see the picture and make sure you're not going to build something down here that's going to interfere with something over there but in terms of just getting the ball rolling faster and making the system more efficient more quickly that's where i'm talking about the small tasks where if a company has you know let's say 37 different things that they need to fix you could take that whole thing of 37 things and then plan out all of that and then go into development with all of that and then eventually end up with all of it done. Or you could see the whole picture and then realize that this one piece by itself could save your team five hours a week consistently for the rest of the life of your business and just rip that piece off and then start moving into development just with that one piece. Because here's what happens with big complicated software. If there's too many things happening It's like somebody's juggling and more somebody keeps throwing in more balls to juggle. And it ends up being very, very difficult where there's so many things going on that even the person asking for it, the founder, can't keep track of everything that's going on. And going back to the beginning of this conversation, miscommunication is what breaks when people are trying to get something built. So if they're leaning into development, if they haven't established that that connection with the developer where they know they asked the developer for something and the developer clearly does it, does a great job, and then communicates back that they did it, until they have that, it's good to just kind of creep out into the ice. Is the development team competent? Are they good communicators? Are they gonna do the work fast? Are they going to to listen and to to make sure that they're paying attention to every single piece of the detail? Those questions at the very beginning of a project are super important to figure out because more often than not, people will, well, I don't wanna say more often than not, I wanna have more optimism than that. A lot of the time, people will start working with the dev team and realize too late that the communication is bad or they didn't pay attention to all the details and now something's broken or whatever it is. And so, so by by having that tiny focus, even though if you wanna build a big software, I understand, makes sense. And, and that's, that's the best thing to do. But as far, all I'm talking about is the very beginning of the period when you start building it's good to really focus down and make sure that that line is connected and you're getting that back and forth from both sides at which point then when you add more things to the plate, now it expands because you know that that back and forth is happening.
0: Now, based on what you said, who's your favorite client?
1: Who's my favorite client? Oh, that's a great question. Um, my, fir- my first thought is thats that, is that Every different client challenges me in a different way. Um, you know, certainly some work is 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 better than others in terms of just, you know, general enjoyment, but even with some clients that I really enjoy doing some things for them, they've got some other things that are, you know, that are more difficult or that are maybe not as fun. So instead of saying, you know, which client is my favorite, the idea of being able to to do lots of different things and really be able to speak into the bigger system as a whole and speak about the marketing and not just be limited to one piece of it is something that I love the most, that that, that I can be able to speak into the marketing part you know while we're talking about the technical part because it helps make a more well-rounded product and so when clients are open to that and when they understand the benefit of thinking about marketing right at the very beginning and in some cases actually beginning marketing before they actually start building the thing to make sure they're in the right place to make sure that they know their cost of acquisition or at least their cost of lead of getting a lead um that 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 makes my heart sing because i realize that they get it And I realize that they understand that if they can kind of make all these things happen at the same time, that it's it's really going to be beneficial for them, that if they're kind of reaching into the marketing and they're okay with marketing a little bit as they're reaching into the technical, that both of those sides really, really feed off each other. And it helps them build a better product and even plan a better product because they're in touch with uh, with their potential customers. So it's, it's sorry, that's a really long answer, but the idea is that the, the clients that give me the ability to speak into kind of a more holistic view of what it is that they're doing are my favorite.
0: Okay. By the way, I need to add here a little bit of promo because you mentioned uh, podcasting and I did had uh, a guest before and I suggest you to try out Rumble Studio. And they are the first podcasters async podcasting and they just had and it's still a revealing challenge 100 podcasts in 10 days and they are now running all those podcasts one by one each day and this is exactly what you need to create systems and automated uh, questions and just send them out and so forth it's absolutely awesome i tried it out and i can also see functions not just for companies to create their podcast without so much headache because everything is async and it can be automated very nicely and you can have as many guests but also for research reasons and even just uh, gathering a lot of uh, cool data so rumble studio yeah. check it out for yourself and- i just
1: went to the website now i love that i'm gonna dig in and i'm gonna see what they're doing that's that sounds
0: super cool and they just had huge growth during the last um, month. So people start to get to this and yeah. it's a perfect uh, growth stage for them right now. I'm very happy. Yeah. And uh, is there something we didn't cover and you think it's important when it comes to app creation?
1: That's a great question as well. Um, maybe a little bit more the marketing side. So... I spoke about this a little bit before, but the idea of making sure that you're in touch with your potential client and or customer and having conversations with them, really understanding where they're coming at is so important. And I find that this, I don't know why this happens, but, but some, some of it is likely out of fear, but founders sometimes isolate and they stay in their own vision and they're afraid that their idea is going to get stolen, so they're not they're not sending it out to the world early, and they they really they isolate. And I think that this is this is detrimental. And I understand why. I understand why. You know, you don't want your idea to be stolen, but I think that too often the fear that is blocking them from reaching out to other people and having those kind of conversations that could help them so much in building a better product. They don't do it because of the fear. So every time I see this with somebody new where you know they're afraid their idea is gonna get stolen and they're afraid and they're afraid, um, I certainly see that I've got a lot of fear driving and I'm working on that. It's a part of the mindset issues to try to figure out how to let go of that fear and, and move through even though there's fear. But I find that if entrepreneurs have too much fear, they don't take enough risk and they don't make enough decisions fast enough and it's it's almost it really what it is is it's a foot on the it's a foot on the pedal the gas pedal to move forward and it's also a foot on the brake at the same time and so if you've if you've got that and if you're if you're playing that way you 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 can move forward a little bit but it's not anywhere near as good as if you can take that that foot off and and you can off the brake and be able to talk to people that that might want your software that as you do that and the more conversations you have you're not only making your software better and getting out of your head and realizing how they see it but you're also building your potential customer base so i really encourage anybody who wants to build an app to not be isolating out of fear and think about what the good could happen as they reach out to different people and have conversations with lots of different people as they're building um can be extremely advantageous and actually helps you build a better product
0: awesome i love that and now before my last question uh, show us a little bit daddy your personal site maybe a hobby of yours or something others don't know about you or maybe because i saw your instagram (laughs) you want to sing a little bit
1: (laughs) oh my gosh that's so funny um well what i mean what do you want me to sing do you want me to sing something um yeah the song from the instagram if you are are trying to build an app then plan it out right now because you try to plan and you don't do the work and you don't do the thing and then the developer builds the wrong thing and then you're going around in circles and then you're spending all the money you're gonna be real sad (laughs) Bravo Plan
0: your apps people plan your apps out Great this is something you just had at one moment because it's your song obviously right Yeah. yeah any any acoustics a so guitar next to it or something that you play? I don't
1: have a guitar. I do play but do guitar, you play, but guitar.
0: So you play guitar, another hobby. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so. my, you
1: know I play piano since I was five and then picked up a guitar in high school. But yeah, I love I love music. Music's good. Music's Super.
0: Fantastic. I love that. Uh, and you know this is so important for us today. to show our personal parts it's also, true. not just business, business, business. Ready for Thank my last you. question? Yes, I am. So i am your genie and if i give you all the influence and money in the world what would would you do with it
1: oh i love that question uh i know that i can't answer this perfectly but there's certainly a piece of it that i that can answer i i want to build a um a system just like like pbs kids pb where basically it's it's children's educational content books and videos and fun stuff where um Ultimately also in, you know, in working with my kids and helping their creativity, I want to celebrate the creativity of kids. And I also love, you know, making stuff that's just fun and and is, you know, in the world of imagination. So if you gave me a ton of money and a ton of time,
0: then I'd be
1: spending more time. And influence. Yeah, that, that's what I'd be spending time with is, is, you know, working with other creatives to build really cool educational kids content that really is imaginative and fun and um and and quirky, and, and just and be able to, to teach kids at the same time making something really fun.
0: So, you would bring happiness through creativity.
1: Exactly, 100%. Yep. Super.
0: Where can people find you?
1: So, the website is saplaybook.com, but the best place to find me is really on Instagram uh, at
0: saplaybook. Awesome. Thank you. This was a great conversation. It was great to chat.
1: Thank you so much, Christina.
0: Bye, everyone. See you next time.
1: Subscribe to Christina's podcast and stay connected through her social media channels, too.